Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, there are new overtime rules for the playoffs. We'll tell you all about that. And the NFL getting a little bit closer to what it was pre-pandemic. GM Dave Ziegler, he spoke with a handful of media at the owners' meeting, so you'll hear some from him, plus your calls and texts. We'll all close out the show. Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. And uh, thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find Locked On Raiders Podcast free and available on all platforms. Lots to get to on today's show here in segment number one. Plenty to get to when it comes to news and notes. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And after, you know, a few weeks, a few months, we saw what happened in the NFL regular season in the playoffs. And a lot of folks weren't too happy with the overtime rules and the way that the game shook out between the Buffalo Bills Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, of course, what do we have to do? We got to change the overtime rules. It's got to change. Everyone wants to see Josh Allen with the ball one more time. Well, I'm not really one of those guys, but hey, it is what it is. On Tuesday at the owners' meetings in West Palm Beach, Florida, the owners uh, agreed to change the overtime rules, but only for the playoffs. And my understanding was it was going to get shelved. They weren't going to change the overtime rules at all. But then when they said just for the playoffs, the owners decided that, okay, we can do that. So what they said is that they changed the overtime rules both teams will guaranteed to get an opportunity with the ball. Now, if they end up after both have a possession, they both end up with the same score. Like say I go down and score a touchdown, then you come back and score a touchdown, then it's sudden death. So every team will get at least one opportunity to touch the ball. Then it's sudden death after that. So that's the new, you know, overtime rules for the playoffs. Will they change it to the regular season at some point? Probably, but not right now. To me, it's not, a, it's not something that I'm going to get on my soapbox and complain and, you know, just scream from the mountain hops about how terrible it is. I'm not going to do all that. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't need it. Don't really want it, but, I mean, it is what it is. So we all know that uh, the NFL is trying to do everything they can to be as entertaining as possible. The more eyeballs that are watching the games mean the more money they're going to make. So at the end of the day, it always boils down to it's always about the money. Now, uh, I got a good friend in Central Texas that covers sports like a glove. Uh, Mandy Knight, she works for the local TV station. She tweeted out, finally, the NFL owners approved a modified overtime rule for the postseason only. Both teams, both teams will get a possession overtime. Since 2010, this is where she thought that she was going to be like really cool and drop stats. Since 2010, there have been 12 overtime games in the playoffs. In 10 of the 12 games, the team who won the coin toss won the game. And that's cool. You know, that makes you think like, oh, man, they need to change the rules, right? And I quote tweeted that tweet and said, yes. And to this day, you only remember two of those games. So out of those 10 wins, you only remember two of them. And they both had to do with the Kansas City Chiefs. One was in 2018 when Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs lost, lost to the Patriots, Tom Brady and the Patriots. And then the second one was this past year, 2021, where Kansas City defeated Josh Allen and the Bills. And that's it. And some people hit me back and were like, oh, what about 2010 with Tim Tebow? You weren't thinking about Tim Tebow in 2010. There was no way you were thinking about it. Yeah, it happened. Again, it happened 10 times. But you weren't thinking about Tim Tebow and the, and the Broncos. Nobody cared about that. 
Nobody cared. Nobody complained about it and said, oh, Pittsburgh deserved another chance to get the ball. No, if Tim Tebow beat you in overtime, you deserve to lose. Simple. You deserve to lose. So, again, I'm not going to get up in arms about it. I got way more things to complain about than the overtime rules, but it's official like a referee's whistle. At least in the playoffs, overtime rules will change. Both teams have a chance to possess the ball, and then after that, it will turn to sudden death. Now, this is what I got excited about. The next thing that came out of the owner's meeting The locker room access is back in effect in 2022. That's according to NFL PR. That's Brian McCarthy. That is exciting. They were actually, the media was talking to Roger Goodell at the owners' meetings and someone asked him about, hey, what about locker room access? Is that coming back? And he said that has not been discussed. And then Brian McCarthy, the PR guy, said, oh, no, that's been discussed. It's coming back in 2022. Now, overtime rule will be damned. I care about the locker room access. This is something to get excited about. And some people, when I was talking about this on Raider Nation Radio 920, were like, Q, what's the big deal being able to go into the locker room? You got a bunch of naked dudes walking around or got guys with towels on that don't want you in there anyway. That is not the point. And, and that's not really the scene either. A lot of people think that because that's what they see in the movies. There's a cooling off period. There's a time where they go into the locker room. We have to wait at the door. And then finally the PR team comes and says, okay, you guys have 30 minutes or 45 minutes, whatever the time may be to go in there and talk to who you want to talk to. But that's where relationships are built. That's where I can go and talk to a guy like Josh Jacobs, who I already have a relationship with and say, hey, what were you seeing in this game? What happened at the end? And that's where you get the real deal stuff. You don't get, you know, Raiders.com in there. You don't get the team website in there with the camera where it's streaming this is stuff where it's one-on-one you build relationships you get to talk to these guys and and you can get all kind of different sides of the story that you're not going to get at the podium so if you ever get excited by the coverage that I've been able to provide being able to get back into the locker room after having a couple years out of the locker room the coverage is going to be that much better. So I'm trying to tell you right now, I'm already excited about the next season just because I think the Raiders are going to be awesome. I think they're going to have a hell of a team. But having locker room access, not having to go and sit into a little uh, conference room and, and talk at the podium and get permission to talk and all that stuff is going to be great. I had so many good one-on-one interviews or even scrum interviews where it's two or three reporters talking to, say, I don't know, Hunter Renfro. Like One of my best experiences in the locker room was actually when the Raiders lost to the Houston Texans in Houston, and I was in the locker room. Hunter Renfro scored his first NFL touchdown. And again, the Raiders lost the game. But Hunter Renfro really showed that he could be a hell of a wide receiver in the league on that day. And that's really when he kind of showed out in that game. And so I remember seeing him in the locker room in the corner, and I went and talked to him and said, hey, you scored your first touchdown. You had a big game. The Raiders lost. What are your thoughts? And he started breaking it down and said, hey, we'll learn from this game. We, we know what we did well. We knew what we needed to do that we didn't do, and this is how we're going to move forward. And, I mean, the way he broke it down, that's not what he's going to do at the podium, you know, but he was able to have that one-on-one conversation and then turned around, and the next time that I actually saw him on the field, he went out there and basically executed and did exactly what he said. That's just one example of going into the locker room and being able to have that kind of conversation. I remember that same game talking to Trayvon Mullen. He got his first start. Remember, Garyon Conley had just got traded to the Texans, so Trayvon Mullen got his first start. That was cool to be able to talk to him after that first start just to say, hey, what was that experience like being the guy, you know, in the starting lineup? And so that's how you build relationships, and that's been lost for the last couple of years. And so you will see a big difference in the way we cover games based off the fact that the locker rooms will be open in 2022.
And my final little nugget here for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast has to do with an article that I read on SI.com on Tuesday. It was a fantastic piece by Jeff Perlman. You can find him on Twitter, at Jeff Perlman, and it was about Henry Ruggs and Tina Tintor, and that's what it was supposed to be about originally. That's why he actually came to Las Vegas, was to get more information and write a story about when those two worlds collided and met and, and collided. I'm not using that word lightly, but it was just kind of what he described as like the intersection of Ruggs and Tentor, you know, how their worlds came together. But it ultimately ends up being about Tony Rodriguez, who is a homeless guy who just happened to be driving by the scene, him and his buddy, when the whole accident happened, when Tina's car with her and her dog in it were in flames, and he actually got out and tried to save them and couldn't do it, and how it's really bothered him to this day and how it really messes with him. And the thing is basically called, this whole thing has effed me up. And you really should read it and check it out. We had Jeff Perlman on the radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 on Tuesday talking about it. You can hear the emotions in his voice. I mean, hell, I had to cut the interview short because I was getting a little emotional, right? I mean, man, you just really got to listen to it and, and check out the and read out the piece. And, and it, I know that it's tough sometimes to read those kind of things, but it also is a little bit eye-opening. So uh, I encourage everyone to go ahead and check that out. Again, Jeff Perlman, he had tweeted out a, a link to it, at Jeff Perlman on Twitter if you're on Twitter. If not, just go to SI.com and check it out. So that's all I got for you for segment number one. Coming up in segment number two, Raiders GM Dave Ziegler, he met with the media. It was only about a handful of media that was there for him. It was a very intimate scene, but he talked about a lot of things having to do with the Raiders, a lot of really good stuff, and you'll hear some of that coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, want to tell you about our good friend, Friends at Built Bar, and I've been telling you about Built Bar for a very long time. The thing about it is, it's a great tasting protein bar. You know, a lot of times I'm working late, I need a snack instead of going and having a candy bar. I'll just grab a Built Bar. It's a really good tasting protein bar. It's really good for you, so I don't get that bad feeling or say, "Man, what am I eating some candy bar late night for?" You know, I'm no, I'm having a protein bar. Or if I'm out doing something in the middle of the day and I just want a quick snack. Built Bars are easy to grab, and I always give you a, a promo code, right? So you can save 15%. I always call it LOCK15, right? That's how you save 15% off your order. Right now, if you go to the website like I do every single day to check it out, built.com is the website. Everything on the website is 20% off, so you don't even need a promo code. You want to go ahead and stock up on Built Bar, go do it right now and just get 20% off. So you're going to save more money than you normally would, and you can get any bar that you want. they got so many different flavors to choose from, cookies and cream, coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, you know, just to name a few. But just go check it out. Whichever ones you like, you're going to get 20% off the whole website. Anything on the website, 20% off. It's that simple. Check it out today, built.com. No promo code. Everything is 20% off. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into some Dave Ziegler sound. Dave Ziegler is the GM of the Raiders. Uh, earlier in the week, we heard from the head coach, Josh McDaniels. Well, at the owner's meeting, everyone is talking, right? So it's not that often that you get to hear from the GM, get to hear from him right before the draft and then right after the draft, but it's not that often that you get to hear from. So uh, for him to be able to have a handful of media around him, really a very intimate setting. Uh, matter of fact, it was Monday evening, late Monday evening when this took place but uh, to be able to bring it to the podcast have it broken down and bring it to the podcast I think is a really good thing so let's go ahead and jump right into it Dave Ziegler talked all things Raiders at the owners meeting the first one was just about the blueprint you have to have as a GM when you go into free agency what is that like well you you definitely go in with a blueprint of I think free agency is a time to to address needs 
right? And so you definitely go in with a blueprint of, all right, these are some of the specific needs we want to address. Um, in terms of like, to answer your question more specifically, in terms of like scripting the top 15 plays, like, and scripting the top 15 players, right? right? That doesn't necessarily remain as clear because there's a market, right? And there's values on different players and that market kind of can ebb, ebb and flow depending on buyers and right. you know sellers and all those different types of things. And so um, while you do go in and you have a certain focus on like certain players, because you, you do attach value to players, so you have an you, you think you have an idea of, okay, these, these players are gonna be in this price range, these players are gonna be in this price range, so on and so forth. And so, you know, you have an idea of, of um, there are certain players that I think you, you prioritize, but it's a really, it's fluid because you really just don't know where the market's gonna go in that regard. So there was kind of the blueprint right there from GM Dave Ziegler talking about free agency and priority and kind of what you gotta do. And a couple of priorities that seemed like were priorities for the Raiders were both Chandler Jones, the defensive end, and of course, wide receiver Devontae Adams. Now Adams was a guy that, you know, the Raiders had to trade for. He was a free agent, but he was also under the franchise tag with the Green Bay Packers. So Dave Ziegler was asked about both of those guys, if they were targets that they wanted to go after together and how much of a priority were those guys? They were unto themselves, but I would say Chandler, um, was he a priority? Well, yeah, he's one of the best pass rushers available. And so anytime, like those are premium positions. So I think you need to do your work um, on those premium positions. And so again, didn't know, how, that was one, we didn't know how that was just gonna materialize, how the market was gonna materialize. Um, you know, there was obviously, um, you know, we had, we had moved Yannick um, and so, you know, there was the opportunity to add another, you know, to add to add the pass rusher, and there was that dynamic too. And so, um, so to answer your question, I mean, yes, he was one of the players that we we were highly interested in, just didn't know how that one was going to go and how it was going to kind of fall out. So a lot on Chandler Jones right there, not much on Devontae Adams, but said that they were basically separate entities. So with the acquisition of Devontae Adams, Dave Ziegler talked about if the, the Raiders felt like that they're in a window of win-now mode now that they picked up Adams for a first-round pick and a second-round pick in the 2022 draft. To be honest with you, I don't really ever... I didn't ever think of a, the, the window. I right. just, I didn't think of it that way. Um, I guess because I, when you're in this role, right, you're always kind of looking, you're looking short term, but there's always this long term yeah. perspective on everything and team building and things like that. And so to just be on the job since, I don't know, whatever that was, February 1st, I haven't thought about this as like, okay, I have this small window. Right. I'm more of, I have this mindset of I'm just getting started. And it was an opportunity again really it was an opportunity to add a great player it was less about the window and, and more about just the player and the skill set and um, adding that type of talent to our team so there you go not really a win now type situation or a win now type acquisition for the Raiders even though a lot of us including myself have been talking about the Raiders should be in win now mode I mean they're showing that they're going to be aggressive they're showing that they think that they're going to be competitive be a really good team in this AFC West but I kind of think it goes back to what brother Marquise in the 305 was saying a couple days ago not really the Rams and Tampa Bay's model more closer to like the Bengals model just getting a really good player again 
getting really good players and going out there and giving it your best shot, that almost feels like that's more of what Dave Ziegler and company were thinking when they went out and made the move for Devontae Adams. So they made a couple of other moves, right? They traded Unique Ngakwe to the Colts. In return, they got the cornerback, Rocky Sin. So Dave Ziegler was asked about that acquisition and how long has Rocky Sin been on Dave Ziegler's radar? Yeah, I think I had mentioned it in a couple, you know, a couple of the um, interviews that I had done is um, Yassin was a guy that I did some work on in New England um, before the draft and, and went out to Temple and spent time with him there and really got to know, I'd say, the person and the football, the, like the, the person in terms of personality, but then also like the football intelligence piece and just got to know the player. And so um, we liked him coming out. We've watched him from afar, watched him develop, watched him grow. Um, and he's still in a young ascending player. And so anytime you can get a young ascending player, especially at that, another premium position, like you can't have, you can never have too many corners, too many guys that can cover. Um, that was an attractive, you know, attractive piece to that for us. So there's GM Dave Ziegler talking about Rocky Sin and how long he's been on his radar. He goes back to Temple. And that's where I thought that he was a hell of a player as well. Thought he was going to be a dog coming out of college. And, and, you know, he really didn't take off the way that everyone thought he did. But he did pretty decent with the Colts. And now he's got an opportunity to be a really good piece of depth for the Raiders. And who knows, maybe he can carve out a nice niche and, and actually get out there into the starting role. I don't know. I mean, that's all about competition. And that's all that really matters. So just got a couple more sound bites that I want you to hear from Dave Ziegler at the owners meeting there in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, where uh, every owner in the league, every GM in the league, every head coach in the league is in attendance. So, of course, with the acquisition of Adams, the Raiders don't have any draft picks currently in the first two rounds. So how strange is it going to be to have to sit back and watch the first two rounds and not actually go up there and make a selection? Yeah, on the, on the surface right now, I think our first picks in the third round. And again, we'll see like that's where we end up or, you know, or, or, or we don't. But um, actually, I've had some experiences when I was in New England where we didn't have a first round pick. I think there, there was a couple years there um, where we didn't. There might have even been one year. Uh, it might be there might even have been one year where we didn't have a first or a second. I can't remember. But um, uh, so so I've experienced it. So the fact that I've experienced it won't make it as strange as maybe as, I, as if I had never experienced it. And so, um, yeah, we'll just kind of let it, you know, if that's where we end up and we're not picking to the third round, then there's all, there's um, a little bit more time to continue to prepare, um, continue to kind of get organized. You'll see where things fall. You'll have a very clear picture of what's available and what's not. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we'll have a, a plan to execute at that point if that's the way it goes. So there's Dave Ziegler talking about, you know, it won't be really strange not having to pick until the third round because he's been there, done that before. And the Patriots, there's multiple times they haven't had a first round pick. And just a couple of drafts ago, they didn't have a, a, a first or a second and ended up not picking to the third round. So uh, he's kind of familiar with that. But from the sounds of that, and I know Vinny Bonsignor, he uh, reported this the other day, he felt like that the Raiders, there was a good chance that they might trade back up to get into either the first or second round I don't think there's any chance unless they're moving players that they get into the first round but I could see them moving up and getting into the second round if there's a guy that starts to fall and they really want to go get that guy so I think it's going to be interesting on draft day you know once it gets started the first round might not be so eventful for the Raiders but starting in the second round there may be something cooking there. So definitely want to be paying attention to that. Now, I got to close out this uh, this segment talking offensive line. That's something that I've been talking about hot and heavy. It's been heavy on my mind lately. Definitely got to talk about the offensive line. So the first uh, response and soundbite from Dave Ziegler is a very lengthy one about having patience with the offensive line. Is that a must? Um, I think that – I think with the offensive line, I think when you um, – college football – 
and how they play the game at the college level and, and what offensive linemen are asked to do. There's a, lot of diff- there's a lot of differences between that and the NFL game, just in terms of whether it's um, run schemes, whether it's pass schemes, whether it's you know um, spacing and splits. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. Of, there's some similarities too, and it depends. It's team from team, but there's also a lot of differences. And so, I think um, because of that, there's a lot of development that has to go into becoming an offensive lineman in the NFL. Right. Um, it's just going to be different than what, what a lot of these teams, what a lot of these guys are asked to do in college. And so there's a d- definitely a development part of that. And then it's just such a technical position. You're talking about hand placement. You're talking about fits in the run game. You're talking about body positioning, steps, footwork in, in a confined space. Right, right. It's not like a receiver where it's like, yeah, that all that's important too, but you're running around 10, 15, yeah. 20 yards down the field. There's a developmental aspect to that. This is close combat, and it's you have to be very pre- precise and quick right at right off the jump. And so, um, it's a tough position. And and then there's the the aspect of um, run calls, pass protection calls, adjustments, the front changes. Like there's a highly um, I'd say football IQ part of playing offensive line. Like. Um, you know, you have to be intelligent to do that job. And so that's a lot of different transitions, you know, that you have to go through from going through college to the pros. And so it is a, it is a developmental, I think, position because of all those things. Very detailed answer right there from Dave Ziegler. And I love the way he broke that down. And again, I've just really been impressed with this front office. I've been impressed with Josh McDaniels, the way that when he talks, it's a calm, but as a matter of fact type way, you know, and I just, I, I like the direction that it's going. Now, look, a lot of people like new, you know, when something's new, we all like it, right? So I'm not saying that it's going to be the end all be all and the Raiders about to go hoist another Lombardi trophy. Not saying that I would never blow smoke up your backside like that. But I'll tell you what, man, it's some sense of confidence you get when you listen to these guys. It just sounds like they have the the know-how. You know what I mean? Like they know exactly what they're talking about. So I just got a couple more little sound bites, and they both have to do with the offensive line. The first one is Dave Ziegler on Brandon Parker. They brought him back, gave him a nice little one-year deal, but like three-something million dollars, which is damn near starter money for a one-year deal. So here's Dave Ziegler talking about Brandon Parker. Well, if you've seen him, he has very good size. Yeah, very good length, um, which are two important attributes at the offensive tackle position. Um, he's, you know, he's an athletic guy for his size, um, and and he's a guy that I think you know can continue again. Like he's not Brandon's not a finished product. You know, but he can still he can continue to get better. He, um, you know, had a good experience of playing a lot of snaps last year, which there's a lot of learning that comes from that. And so, um, so those, all those things were exciting, you know, we're excited about with Brandon. Again, an ascending young player, good size, good length, athletic. Um, those are all good traits, you know, to, to have a guy um, that's going to be playing, you know, have an opportunity to compete for a job at a tackle position for us. So there you go right there. Dave Ziegler talking about Brandon Parker, who did play a lot of right tackle for the Raiders in 2021. He's been a while, around for a while now, right? And he does have a lot of good size. And from the sound of it, man, it just sounds like that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are trusting their coaches to be able to really coach these guys up. It also sounds like, and this is just me talking, that they tried to go out and get some guys uh, in free agency and they just weren't able to land them. So they wanted to make sure that they at least had the guys that were familiar with the team, were already here, put them on a one-year deal, and then they'll be good to go. Now, they can continue to provide some more depth. You know, who knows with the draft? Who knows post-draft? I mean, there's still a lot of time between now and then. But I think that they had to make sure that they had somebody 
solidified and had some guys they were comfortable with, like a Brandon Parker or a Jermaine Illuminor. So the final one, you know, has to be about Alex Leatherwood. He's a guy that a lot of folks say, I ride really hard, and it's not that. It's just uh, I'm convinced that he's going to be a really good right guard and not really good right tackle, but that's just me. So Dave Ziegler was asked about the fact that he moved around a lot in college, and now he's been moving around since he's been in the NFL. Do they have to take that into consideration when the team is evaluating Alex Leatherwood? Yeah, I think you have to. I think, well, one, it's a valuable it's a, it's a valuable experience that he's went through um, because he's got he's had the opportunity to play um, different positions, and and uh, and again, you learn things from going through that. Um, but yeah, when you're when you're you know used to playing on one side and you move to the other side, that's another transition that you have to go through. And so, um, you know. Again, Alex is a young, talented player. Um, got to play a lot of snaps last year, which was really valuable for him. And we're excited to excited to work with him and kind of kind of just let him carve out his path, you know, and let him carve out what he does best, and then kind of see where it goes from there. So there's Dave Ziegler on Alex Leatherwood, and it really sounds like whatever he earns is what they're going to give him. You know, straight up. If it's the tackle position, if it's the guard position, if it's a backup position, whatever he goes out there and earns is what he's going to get. And I'm okay with that. That's all that you can really ask, right? Hey, give me an opportunity to go out there and compete, and if I earn this, that, and the other, let me have it. And so it sounds like that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to give him a chance to earn a spot on that offensive line, but nothing is given, and I could definitely appreciate that. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts throughout that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get to any of that, though, I do want to tell you about rockauto.com. Been talking about them for a very long time, and you know they're a family business, been serving auto park customers online for over 20 years. The best thing about rockauto.com, not only is it reliable, not only is it easy to navigate, but the prices are super low for every single customer and they have all the parts that you're going to need so there's a lot of things to like about rockauto.com of course when it comes to me and me being cheap I like to, you know, save a lot of money. So rockauto.com, that's the that's the catching point for me right there, saving a lot of money. But there's so many things I like about the website, not to mention, as I said, a family business, been serving auto park customers online for over 20 years. Check them out today. The website's super easy to navigate. You'll find all the parts you're looking for in a very short amount of time. It'll come straight to your door. Uh, you don't even have to leave the comforts of your home. You'll get hooked up just like that. Check them out today, rockauto.com. There's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? All the thing you got to do there is say, Locked On Raiders Podcast, that's how they know that I sent you, and I'm doing my job. So you'll see all the parts available for your car or truck, and you'll be happy. Great selection, great low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is at one spot. That's rockauto.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time for your calls and texts. Straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's go ahead and jump into a phone call from Raider Matt calling out the OC. He's calling to talk about the new overtime rule in the playoffs and wants to share his thoughts and get mine as well. Here he is, Raider Matt in the OC. What's up, you? Raider Matt from OC. Wanted to call in because I just got a word via Twitter that the uh, NFL overtime rules are changing. And... Dude, I want to get your take on it, man. Um, I, for one, think it's a stupid change to a rule that was fine. I mean, shoot, if you lose the coin toss, play defense. Simple as that. Um, I did like how they changed the rules to make it a field goal, get the other team a possession. I think that's fair. Um, that's one big play and one big chunk away from a team winning a game on a long field goal. But I think the overtime rules are fine where it's at. If they're going to change anything, 
just make it one 10 minute quarter and see who comes out on top. Um, I think the rule, and don't quote me on it, I mean, it's uh, Tuesday morning, um, so I'm not sure exactly what it would be, but it just ensures that both teams get the possession, which to me is just dumb. I can picture it happening next year where one team goes off and scores a touchdown, and then the next team goes off, scores a touchdown, and gets a two-point conversion when they should have never had an opportunity to have the ball again. But um, I don't know, man. That's my two cents. I thought the end of overtime rule was fine the way it was. But I uh, wanted to get your take, you, and uh, what you do if you had the uh, uh, opportunity to either change the rule or keep it the same. Let me know your thoughts, Q. Appreciate you and all you do. Raider Nation, one love. Raider Matt, out. There he goes. That's Raider Matt in the OC. Thank you so much for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, as far as the overtime rules go, as you heard in segment number one, I'm not a fan. I don't think it's something that's needed. I think it's an overreaction to what we've seen lately, which was in 2021, Chiefs and Bills, and in 2018, Chiefs and Patriots. And I know some folks, they hit me on Twitter. I was like, oh, Q, don't forget 2010 when Tim Tebow beat the Steelers. And, uh, man, come on. If you lose to Tim Tebow in the playoffs, you should. Or, you know, in overtime, you should lose the game anyway. You don't deserve the ball back. So, again, to me, it's an overreaction. Similar to when the Saints uh, didn't get that pass interference called against the Rams in the playoffs, and they went and changed the P.I. call, and then they changed it back because they knew that was an overreaction. That's how I feel about it, but, I mean, it is what it is. Like I said, I'm not going to flip out and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing that. It's just, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Don't think it's something that's necessary. Thank you so much for that call. I appreciate it. Next up, got a very lengthy text from 973 Raider. Says, hey Q, it's 973 Raider from Jersey. What up? I'm going to get to the Raiders in a second, but first off, have you ever been more excited for an upcoming season before this year with everything that's gone on? I feel like this year will be one of the more competitive years in the NFL in a very long time. You got Tyreek and Waddle on the opposite end of the field before you can finish a sip of beer. You have a beefed up offensive line in Cincinnati, which I and everyone else knows what their main weakness was. Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, Russell Wilson to the Broncos, J.C. Jackson and Mack to the Chargers, the GOAT is back, and last but not least, Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams to the Raiders. I feel like there's going to be a lot of undefeated teams going into week seven, eight, or nine, more so than any other year. On to the Raiders. I love the moves that they are making. They have a plan as far as I can tell, and they're sticking to it. It hurts me every time I hear you say it, you feel like Abram's going to be released. That is my guy. He plays hard as hell, and that might be his downfall as far as getting injured. But I think he can come into his own and do his job effectively every Sunday because he's a dog. I hope they don't sign the Honey Badger and give Abram one more year to do his thing. I think they need to make a push and sign Gilmore. I heard what McDaniel said the other day, but I feel like that's got to be a priority. We need that veteran corner. At the end of the day, we got the draft coming up, and who knows what those guys are going to come up with. Either way, man, keep doing what you do, bro. Out. That's from 973 Raider. And thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if there's going to be a bunch of undefeated teams in week seven, eight, or nine for every reason that you mentioned. All those different players on all these different teams, I think you're going to see a lot of parity. I think you're going to see a lot of one and two lost teams. I don't think anyone in the AFC West is going to sweep anyone in the AFC West this year. I really don't. Uh, I think it's going to be very, very competitive. As far as Abram, I didn't say that I think he's going to get released. I'm saying it's a possibility. And that's the truth. I mean, that's, that's not me wishing that on him or, or thinking that, oh, it's going to happen. It's me saying that there's a possibility. You have a new regime. They have no ties to him. He doesn't really have a position right now as far as we know. He can't play that too high safety look. He can't do that. So where does he go? Does he transition to linebacker? Maybe. So they might give him one more year. Uh, I'm not saying at all that he's going to be released. I'm just saying that that's in in the in the possibilities, you know. Uh, I know a lot of folks want Honey Badger. I think that I kind of want Stephon Gilmore more than, than Honey Badger, similar to what you're saying, because I think that veteran corner is needed. But 
like you mentioned, who knows what they're going to do, man. They have a plan in place. They're sticking to it. I could appreciate it, and all I'm doing is kind of sitting back, watching it all unfold, and talking about it here daily on the podcast. So I appreciate the text, my man. No doubt about it. Up next, got a call from Dave in Phoenix. He's calling to talk about Derek Carr and his extension and also the offensive line situation. Here he is, Dave in Phoenix. Hey, Q, it's Dave in Phoenix. Hey, sorry if you hear some vehicle noise in the background taking my morning watch. Got to get in shape, man. Um, but anyways, listen, I just wanted to call and touch base on uh, – uh, just touch on the Derek Carr extension as well as our offensive line. <laughs> um as far as Derek Carr is concerned, he's not a selfish man, so uh, he'd be crazy to leave the situation that he's in. He's got the best situation around him right now that he's ever had in his career, so, you know, not to mention, you know, he'll be uh, throwing the ball to his best friend, you know, how much better does that get? So I don't think he's going anywhere. He'll figure out a sweet spot and get it worked out. Um, as far as the offensive line is concerned, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to see him go out and, you know, pick up some really solid players, but... Even more than that, I, I have confidence in the coaching staff to make the right decisions based on what they see internally and, you know, the ability to coach up, you know, these guys to uh, be the best they can be, basically. And I also have confidence in them to make changes if need be as well and not sit on their hands to do so. So, you know, I think Alex, Leather, Alex Leatherwood has a lot of potential I just don't think he was put in a good situation last year. Um, he was a good, you know, he was a good tackle in college. So, you know, he definitely has potential, and with the right tutelage and, and the right coaching staff and the right guys around him, you know, he, he could be a monster. So, I don't know. That's just my thoughts. But uh, Q, love to hear what you have to say about that. Um, thanks again for uh, for everything. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. There he goes. That's Dave in Phoenix. Thank you so much for the call, my man. As far as Derek Carr and that contract situation is concerned, I mean, I agree. Him and the front office, they'll come to that sweet spot. I mean, he he mentioned it. They mentioned it. Well, he didn't mention it, but the front office mentioned it. You mentioned it. That's what it's going to be. They just got to figure it out. And, of course, these inflated contracts with these uh, quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson, like Kirk Cousins, like uh, Aaron Rodgers, like uh, Matt Stafford, they all kind of help you know influence this a little bit more as well. So a little bit of reevaluations going on, but something I don't think is really a big deal. As far as the offensive line goes, man, I mean, I think that they believe that they can coach these guys up. You know, I do think that they want more talent on the offensive line, but I think that they might have missed out on the guys that they were targeting in free agency. So now they made sure that they had at least the guys that were there last year, and they're going to do their best to coach them up. But I do believe that they still have more moves that they're going to make, if that makes any kind of sense. And Alex Leatherwood, I mentioned it in segment number two, he's going to have just as good a chance as anybody to make some moves and, and earn a spot. And that's all you can really ask for. So whatever he earns is what he's going to get. So that, that's kind of all you can really say when it comes to Alex Leatherwood or anybody else on that offensive line. Thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate it. Up next, and just got a couple more, got a text from Joby Wan Kenobi in Arlington, Texas. He said, I believe that we're not looking at the linebacker position too much because Crosby and Jones will be our outside linebackers with Perriman and someone else in the middle. We'll play three 300-plus pounder guys as our three-man front. That's from Joby Wan Kenobi in Arlington, Texas. That's a possibility. I think when it comes to Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, you want them going forward as much as possible. You don't want them dropping in coverage. You don't want them to have to be that linebacker role. You want them 
them along the uh, edge and rush them. Now, I get it. You know, they have a, a new scheme. They're going to set them up for success. But I do think that they're going to bring a little bit more talent to that uh, linebacker room because they really need to get some guys that can cover a Travis Kelsey, can cover guys out of the backfield, can cover the tight ends. You know what I mean? Like, that just makes a lot of sense to me. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I like the pickup of Jayon Brown from the Tennessee Titans, but I think there's at least one more move being made with the linebacker position. And, of course, Denzel Perryman is still there. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Raider Eddie in Denver. He's calling to talk about the call from Rahul in Seattle on Tuesday's show, talk about the economic side of things when it pertains to the quarterback market. Here he is, Raider Eddie in Denver. Hey, what's up to you? Love your show, man. This is Raider Eddie in Denver. I'm calling to refute what Rahul called in about. I, I heard him on today's podcast, on Tuesday's podcast. And he was complaining about uh, QB salaries going up and up and the fact that we're not getting our money's worth as fans. And I have to completely disagree. Rahul, you alluded to the economics argument, but then you just kind of uh, ignored it at the same time. And, and look, man, the fact is that these quarterbacks, the good quarterbacks in the NFL, if there's 15 of them, that means there's 15 good quarterbacks in the world. And if they're getting paid between $25 million and $45 million a year, that's because that's what the market is. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, the market is also uh, a product of the, the, the floor, the salary floor, and the salary cap. And those, as everyone knows, those are calculations based on total revenue that the owners receive. Uh, then the GM has to decide, well, what's a reasonable amount to pay to get one of those top quarterbacks? Okay, so it's all based on the market. And the fact is, Americans and, and actually everyone around the world that, that pays for NFL Sunday ticket, that watches games, that pays $500 to go to a, to get to a, a decent, not even great seat at a game, that's what I paid for a game last year to go to the Broncos Raiders game at Allegiant. You know, we are helping to set that market. So, so by definition, the fans actually are allowing for the market to be what it is for quarterbacks. So, so I, I've got to say you're, you're off. Um, if you're not happy about the quarterback salaries, uh, think about what other job out there in this world, uh, where you are top 15 in the world at that job, and you're not going to make millions upon millions per year. Um, at the same time, these quarterbacks have a very limited uh, lifespan in their career. They get beat up. And uh, I just got to say, um, I do think at the end of the day for Carr, I do think he's going to take a little bit of a haircut uh, on his salary. He said that he would. So I would be surprised if he's – Making 40 or more million per year, I, I, I bet you he's going to be closer to, to 30. And um, whatever it is, the GM's got to decide this is what's going to make us competitive. This is what's going to allow us to keep uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the world on our team. And um, I just think that's what it is, man. And if you don't like it, you know, stop paying for NFL Sunday ticket. Stop listening to the podcast. 
There he goes. That's Raider Eddie in Denver. And thank you for the call, my man. And the salary, it is what it is, right? I mean, the NFL has it. They're going to spend it. The teams have it. So I honestly don't mind how much money they spend. They got a salary cap for a reason. Like you mentioned, uh, a lot of the money comes from TV deals, streaming deals. And obviously, there's a lot more that go to it. Do the players, I mean, do the, uh, do the fans uh, contribute to that? Sure. Absolutely. You know, ticket sales, vendor sales, all that good stuff. You know, um, you know, like you said, buying subscriptions to direct TV and all that. Yeah. I mean, that all plays a part in it, but really, I mean, those TV deals and streaming deals is really where most of the money comes from. Now, side note, you said don't listen to the podcast. Hey, man, the podcast is free and available at all times. <laughs> so you ain't got you ain't got to worry about spending no money with the podcast. It's free and available at all times and on all platforms. So an extra plug right there for the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much, Raider Eddie. I do appreciate you. Still got a call from Jordan in Oregon. We'll get that on tomorrow's show, plus more texts and calls off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. We'll have more news and notes of the day. And, of course, we'll have more conversation because that's what we do here on the show. So I appreciate all the feedback. Appreciate all the support of the show. Thank you again for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And as I mentioned, you can find it free and available on all platforms. Till tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.